Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you're ready to discuss our Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of, our Dallas Cowboys postgame show is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel your Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center training facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Biltong has 32 grams of protein, and each meat stick has 8 grams of protein. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it has got to be good enough for you, too. Trust me, I am a customer myself. Righteous Felon uses locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTB20 at checkout to get 20% off your order through October 16th and that big-time game against the Philadelphia Eagles, which just keeps getting bigger and bigger. After that, the discount will go down to 15%, and obviously the code changes from BTB20 to BTB15. Holy crap, we have a lot to get to. Speaking of food, I'm a big Righteous Felon fan myself. You see the bag over my shoulder here. They have a lot of great flavors. Like I said, RighteousFelon.com, code BTB20. Um, While I love jerky today, I promised last week during our post-game show, welcome everybody. We do this after every Dallas Cowboys game. We're live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We do also podcast this for you as well. But the podcast audience is going to miss out on what Mob Rule says. I said while the Dallas Cowboys were playing the Cincinnati Bengals that had they won, had the Cowboys or would the Cowboys go on to win, that I would eat an entire cheesecake the following Friday night. I failed. All right, that was my bad. I forgot about it busy life you know my wife and I we have a 10 month old so like Friday happens and you know you want to do some different stuff however I promised last week after the Cowboys beat the Giants on Monday Night Football that if the Cowboys were victorious again on Sunday in week four against the Washington Commanders that I would eat a half of a cheesecake all right now look I said half because I have a show to do as you can see or as you can hear I'm the only person here. It's you and me. So I'm the one who has to talk. And so I think it's a fair trade-off to only eat half because it would be kind of an awful show if I was just sitting here eating for an hour. So that being said, I have half of a cheesecake here. As you can see, my special plate. I have a napkin because I'm wearing a white blog of the boys polo. I have a fork and a knife. So let's go ahead and get to it. My first bite uh, of this cheesecake. I'm really not looking forward to the like chewing and talking part of this, but mmm. delicious this is going to be happening a lot unfortunately it's a very sticky thing to eat as um as you all know uh as as cheesecake enthusiasts know so i should have brought a bottle of water that's my bad that's a rookie mistake however the dallas cowboys defeated the washington commanders 25 to 10 all right 25 to 10 the dallas cowboys and now the dallas cowboys are three and one who would have thought look at us all right look at us everybody 
Look at us. The Dallas Cowboys are three and one. It was impossible. I don't care who you are. All right. And I'm not going to call you a liar, but you are lying through your cheesecake stained teeth. If you are going to sit there and tell me that you thought that this was possible. This was impossible. It really was. It, it was impossible that the Cowboys could. I'm going to say that word a lot because it was impossible. The Cowboys looked like one of the worst teams in the NFL in week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm very anxious to see how the Bucs look tonight on Sunday Night Football. The Bucs certainly look like they have a great defense after the, having played the Cowboys. their two games uh, against the Saints and the Packers. But I think we're all kind of willing to believe. I've got this cheesecake stuck in my mouth now. I think we're all willing to believe that it was a little bit of a, of a top defensive performance from the Bucks. This is super impressive. All right? I don't know what the Cowboys are going to do this season. I have no idea. Obviously, none of us do. But everything that we want, everything the Cowboys want, all the goals, the hopes, the dreams, the wants, the wishes that we had for this team when they headed out to Oxnard for training camp, when they didn't do the things we wanted in free agency, every single thing that we wanted them to achieve this year is possible. It's all well within their grasp. They are three and one. They are two and zero oh in division. I mean, they have given themselves this massive room for error. When we sat here at the night of the Bucks loss and we said, man, it looks like Dak's going to be out, you know, maybe through the bye. If the Cowboys win two games, they will be so lucky to win two games. They have won three. <laughs> they won three. Ronda Don says we all thought they'd be three and one. Carlos Martinez, thank you for the super chat. Says Carson Wentz is terrible. LOL, it makes me happy. I believe, though, that if Dak was healthy, we would have blown out Washington out of the building. I 100% agree with you. Look, it doesn't matter. All right? I don't want to sit here and disparage Cooper Rush. Uh, Wayne, by the way, says, uh, go get some water. It's my show. I would. But, Wayne, I just, again, I'm letting you behind the curtain here. I closed the door so the dog doesn't come in. If I went and got some water, the dog would freak out. So I'll go ahead and start kind of working on this as we, uh, we work this out. Michael Gallup was a revelation. Tim Watson, uh, I've got to use a different hand here. Uh, Tim Watson says, what kind of cheesecake are you having, RJ? It's a strawberry cheesecake. It's got like a strawberry swirl, a little glaze on the top. Mmm. It's good. So, again, it's a very thick meal. Next time, like, we should uh, come up with a different sort of food. Like, maybe, again, like a chug, like a gallon of water. That seems a lot easier to me. Uh, Kenneth Cook says, RJ, give Rush the respect that he deserves. Uh, hell yeah, I'm going to give Cooper Rush his respect. Coop, the best quarter, I think the best three quarterbacks in the NFC East are Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Cooper Rush. Who disagrees? I mean, like, like, is Daniel, I know Daniel Jones had like a thousand rushing touchdowns today, but I mean, seriously, what a performance through three games for Cooper Rush. In fact, Paul, I see your super chat, but I want to get this out of the way early. Cooper Rush is now 4-0 as a starter for the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, three of those games this season, the one win last year on the road against Minnesota. You've likely seen this a million times. It is notable. Anytime you can make history in the NFL, certainly history with a rich, proud, prominent organization like the Dallas Cowboys, it's particularly notable. Cooper Rush is the first quarterback in Dallas Cowboys franchise history to go 4-0 in his first four starts. Never happened. Never been done before. No quarterback in franchise history has ever done this. Dak Prescott will all remember, obviously, lost his first game, that week one loss to the Giants. Terrence Williams didn't know how to get out of bounds and then went on a huge run, but still had the first loss. Cooper Rush tied two quarterbacks starting off their careers with the Cowboys 3-0. Those two quarterbacks, Roger Staubach and Jason Garrett, who would have thought, again, this whole like who would have thought thing. But Cooper Rush stands alone at 4-0 as a quarterback uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. So it is, uh, I've got some uh, water, by the way, being delivered to me. My my house is very, very uh, loving to me. So we have some water. Thank you to my wonderful wife and son 
who brought it for me. It was um, it, it was going to be tough, if I'm being honest. So uh, the goat herself has brought me a, a glass of water while carrying the baby. Uh, first kind of post-game show the baby was a part of um, in that sense. So uh, I got um, I got distracted by all that. But uh, seriously, huge performance by Cooper Rush. Wins are, are not a quarterback stat, but this is really – I, I mean, everybody deserves a piece of this. I mean, I remember when I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan, when the Spurs won the title in 2014, there was this photo of them all touching the Larry O'Brien trophy. And I remember like the tweet for the photo said something like, what a perfect encapsulation of the way this team won. Everybody getting a piece, everybody touching it. This record, this this Cooper Rush thing, I think is really reflective of Mike McCarthy, of Kellen Moore, of Zeke Elliott. I mean, on and on and on. The, the list goes on and on. Every This is a true and total complete football team i mean that's what makes them so much fun to watch i, I mean i think we're all having fun I, I don't know if that's something that you all agree with but i think that we're all having a great time it's it's truly just a lot of fun to watch this team paul uh thank you for the super chats is to be three and one two and oh in the division is a statement by the players and the staff that they want it and won't give up also i did my other super chat early paul sorry about that took a little while to get here again the cheesecake situation very much appreciate your love and support i mean seriously this, this is this an indication um, people used to say, I know I used to say that the Cowboys, right? They're, they're, you know, Jason Garrett's greatest, um, sort of quality was that the Cowboys players wouldn't give up on him. Right. We all said that. I don't, I don't think that's true here. I think that this, that Mike McCarthy, cause it all kind of ultimately points back to him, right. As the team's head coach. I mean, this, this is a team that just won't give up period. I mean, it really is. And they have a lot of problems. They have a lot of warts. We're going to get to all those things. We have nothing but stock up. Look, the good vibes keep on rolling around here, but there are some things um, that the Cowboys can certainly look to improve. There are some things that will naturally improve whenever Dak Prescott returns. It was reported by ESPN early Sunday morning that Dak is eyeing the Rams game next week to return to the team. Uh, he wants to knock off some rust. I don't think you can, you know, I think that term is a little bit overused, but um, not that the Rams are a team you can knock rust off against. But yeah, I, I don't want Dak's first game to be back against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a huge game. It's a massive game. They're 4-0 right now. And, and look like the Cowboys top threat, not just in the division, but maybe in the conference as a whole. So we'll see. Christopher Summers says, sorry, I have the Rams winning against the boys next week. Christopher, we're talking good vibes here. Good vibes. Uh, Ernie, by the way, says, uh, Ada, that's me. I'm on a diet. Don't do that to me. I'm sorry. I'm a man of my word. Caleb says, MM and staff get credit for building this system for Rush to play good, simple football. Obviously not a great offense, but they do well enough versus OK teams. Can't wait to see back at the helm. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. I mean, the, the fact that they have have done this and, and you can certainly argue that they benefited um, from playing a Bengals team that was still a little bit down at the time. I don't want to take away from anything that they benefited from playing a, a kind of bad Giants team. I know they looked OK tonight or today and that they benefited from playing a really bad commanders team. They have played some really bad quarterbacks, right? They have played Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. That's fair. But they've also played Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz looks awful. I mean, like, seriously, and Ron Rivera might be one of the worst coaches in the NFL. I have no idea what the commanders did at the end of this first half. I have no idea how they feel like they're a professional organization. Um, it's just, it's tough. It's really, really tough. Shane Davis says Diggs' development over his three seasons might be the best I've seen from a Cowboy dude is becoming a lockdown. Seriously, it's, um, it's, it's just, they're, it's incredible. What Trayvon Diggs has done is incredible. Andrew K says, go boys, good win. Cut down on penalties. All about looking forward now. Eagles keep chatting, but their time is running out. I just want to say, all right, because I know some, um, some Eagles fans, you know, make their way over here. Hey, you know, you have a right to consume content from the enemy. I have no issue with that. Come support blogging the boys. I tweeted during the noon window of NFL games. I tweeted that the Jacksonville Jaguars were up 14 to nothing on the Philadelphia Eagles. That's all I tweeted. I tweeted the score. 
And I had all these Eagles fans in my mentions getting all upset. And look, here's the thing, Eagles. If, if there's an Eagles fan around here, and I think I'm, I'm going to speak to all of the Cowboys fans too. Eagles fans should have every reason to feel good right now. Walk tall. Be proud of yourself. Don't be so soft that you get upset about somebody saying the score. I mean, that's just you know kind of some bad energy from Eagles fans. If you're that concerned about things and getting down 14 to nothing kind of sends you into a tailspin, all right? You haven't looked death in the eye that we have around here, all right? We don't, you don't know what it's like. Anyway, um, let's move on. Uh, let's do stock up. You're, we're going to do 10 stock up players um, that, uh, you know, not even just players. 10, up, 10 stock up people. So your contributions, your suggestions for who is a stock up on the Dallas Cowboys after their 25 to 10 win weird score uh they're after their 25 to 10 win against the Washington Commanders who do you have as a stock up while I take another bite again I'm gonna try to time these pr uh, properly but all right it's a terrible show for the podcast audience all right it's great for the visual audience but the podcast audience is like why are there these pockets of silence but anyway stock up number one this isn't like the most stock up to the least stock up. We're just going in order here, and we haven't had the opportunity to do this in a very long time. So I'm going to start right here. Stock up, Michael Gallup. Welcome back. All right, welcome back, Michael Gallup. Holy crap, seriously, what an awesome thing for Michael Gallup to return to the Cowboys. The first catch was awesome. I thought he was, like, floating there in the air for a second to get the touchdown near the end of the first half. Just an awesome thing. I mean, this is, this is kind of like, you know, we got a touchdown for Michael Gallup. We got a touchdown for CD Lamb. Like, you know, we had some big time defensive moments. This is kind of like a little, a little bit of a fun bingo card here as I, I watch the red zone channel behind you all. Uh, we'll see if the Raiders are able to score against the Broncos. What a gross looking game. Awesome. Awesome day for Michael Gallup. Just a really cool thing to experience him being back, to experience him scoring for the Cowboys, to experiencing. I mean, we missed him. We, we missed him a lot. And that that's the really, really exciting thing. Michael Gallup is in himself sort of like emblematic of why, we feel good about the Cowboys. I haven't even said it. Tomorrow's another victory polo Monday for the Cowboys. I mean, think about it. We, you're, as a Cowboys fan, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to reason with you. I'm going to level with you. As a Dallas Cowboys fan, you have all the reason and right in the world to feel pumped. You have all the reason and right in the world to feel excited, to feel like this season could be special. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Anything can happen, obviously. We didn't think they'd be 3-1. and one. But what I do know, is this team has proven that they are going to be competitive. They are not going to bend. They are not going to fold. That is a really exciting thing. So when you consider that they have won three games while in the middle of nowhere, that Michael Gallup has come back, that Dak Prescott's going to be coming back, that James Washington's going to be coming back. I mean, there are reinforcements on the way, namely the franchise quarterback. That is an exciting thing. Paul, thank you for the super chat, says, that water, seriously, really clutch. Uh, stock up, Diggs, Bland, Lamb, Maher, Quinn, Gallimore, Gallup. Team discipline. Team discipline, a huge one. The Cowboys finished with, what, three penalties? Um, I mean, a much more improved effort in that sense uh, for them, obviously, <laughs> than in, in seasons past. Four penalties, excuse me, for 20 total yards. Meanwhile, the Washington Commanders finishing with 11 penalties. Just an embarrassing effort uh, for Ron Rivera, who likes to talk about uh, his team being legitimate. By the way, Jerry Jones, now speaking with members of the local media, said that Dak Prescott, this is Ed Warder's tweet, Dak Prescott must demonstrate he can grip the football, control it, and be sure that only, that any residual pain doesn't interfere with any of those things. Um, he says he has no way of knowing whether Dak is going to return next week against the Rams, which again was the ESPN report. Um, I do think it's funny <laughs> that, that Jerry has gone from, yeah, he's coming back, watch out. You know, Jerry was super optimism. Now Jerry is ultra reserved. Guys, I... 
How am I supposed to know? I can't I can't predict. I don't know what, what Dak's gonna feel. It I and you know what? This is going to sound silly, and maybe you think I'm I'm trying too hard to credit Mike McCarthy. I give that credit to Mike McCarthy. I do think that Mike McCarthy has gotten the Joneses to chill out, to stop talking, to stop giving away all the state secrets, so to speak. I give that credit all to Mike McCarthy if I'm giving it to anybody. So, but getting back to the point, uh, Michael Gallup, what an awesome performance. Shout out to him as a stock up. CD Lamb, what can we say? I mean, CD Lamb is is an alpha now. CD Lamb, eight targets, six catches, 97 yards, the big time touchdown, obviously, to start the fourth quarter. Let's just ask the question right now. Uh, it's not an official poll question. We do have a poll if you're watching on YouTube um, that you can participate if you're uh, if you're live with us. But simple question here with regards to C.D. Lamb. Do you now feel, so we're looking for yes or no, do you now feel that C.D. Lamb is a certifiable wide receiver one? Define that how you want. De- define that how you will, your own personal interpretation of it. But is C.D. Lamb a wide receiver one in your mind? Yes or no? Here comes another bite. So. All right, we got a lot of responses here. I think I have some uh, strawberry stuff on my face. This is there's a lot of you. Actually, of all the questions ever asked, this is probably the most divided that people have been. There, there, we normally have a sort of a consensus, but we got a lot of yeses, a lot of noes. I I think that I'm. You can kind of go back and forth. You can talk yourself into either one, right? You can talk yourself into the fact that, hey, look, we've seen it back-to-back weeks. He's been challenged. You can talk yourself into, dude, it was just Monday night that he had the big-time drop, you know, against the Giants. So you can kind of go back you know, back and forth. I like this comment from Caleb Swanson. says, he is growing into that role right now. I'd like to see a couple more games with this play, but he's in the right direction. I think that's that's the thing. I really do. I think that's the best way to put it. And I think that I think so many of us, like when we're fans of a player or fans of a team, something like that, I think that we're afraid to say, no, he's not that guy yet because it makes us feel sad or bummed or whatever, but it's okay. It's okay that he's not that guy right now, but the fact that he is contributing at a high level while still not fully evolved, you know, if I can win a Pokemon battle with, with, you know, my Charmander only being at a a Charmeleon level, I don't even need it to be Charizard yet. Like I'm, that's a pretty solid place to be. Watch out when, when Charmeleon is evolved into the state of Charizard. So I agree with Kevin says Gallup being back is going to help Lamb a lot. I agree. Like that wasn't like fully on display this game. Gallup only targeted three times, two catches, 24 yards, obviously one of them to score. Um, but I mean, what a, what a big time, you know, thing to have both of them. I mean, first game we, we spent so much time. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to move away from the microphone. We spent so much time talking about speculating. What is this duo going to look like without Amari Cooper in the fold? The first game without Amari Cooper, and I know that Amari missed time last year, but the first game that is truly, totally Amari, or excuse me, <laughs> first game that is truly, totally CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, um, they both score, right? That's, that's a cool thing. Um, I love what Ross said. Gallup drew some big pass interference too. Again, super sloppy pay, play from the Washington Commanders, but um, I like this comment from D to uh, D day two says he's bottom tier number one receiver in the NFL right now. That's, I think that's maybe the, the, if you're trying to like look for like the, the splash way to say it, that's how I feel about CD Lamb. He's a wide receiver one, but he's the bottom tier. He's not in the, the category that we've seen Justin Jefferson, you know, Devonte Adams, Jamar chase, pick your Cooper cup, but he's in that mix with, um, I don't know, maybe Amonra St. Brown. And, and I'm not saying he's better than Amonra St. Brown, but he's in that, kind of category he's, he's a tier below the top guys and Amonra looks like he's on the way up to the next tier by the way but uh, I know he didn't play today but uh Paul Beebe says I forgot that Noah Brown is stock up also the Washington offensive line was so rattled after Gallimore got through even though we didn't get home against uh we drew penalties so 
Agree on Noah Brown. I don't have him here. Um, just be- I'm trying to spread the love as much as I can through this winning streak. But um, we haven't had him on the stock up list, although we did on Monday night after the interception. Two games in a row for Trayvon Diggs. Two interceptions. What is there to say? I would like you to say, actually, um, if you're watching live, I'm, I'm really trying to create some opportunities. Um, we had a, a scoregami, I think, maybe, or about to have a scoregami in the Seahawks-Lions game. But um, where does Trayvon Diggs rank for you? As far as top corners in the NFL, where does Trayvon Diggs? He's, he's got to be top five. Is he? That's the question. Is Trayvon Diggs a top five corner in the NFL? As I take this bite of cheesecake, nobody better say no. So, uh, Watsamata, thank you. Because yes, Diggs two pick also two critical deflections. Totally agreed. All of you are saying easily top five, top three. I think he's top three totally, and. The crazy thing is, I was listening to um, Tamina Kimes' show this week. Uh, Shell and Dominique Foxworth are both prominent members of Cowboys Twitter. We've awarded them with that at Blog of the Boys. They were talking about Trayvon is, is playing better than, than he was last year. And, and I, don't, I don't think that's really, like, hip. I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that. Obviously, Trayvon is a divisive player, right, in, in football Twitter. there's there's the And I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of PFF, so I don't want to, like, just paint this into, like, a PFF corner. But obviously, some PFF evaluations don't show, don't speak glowingly of Trayvon Diggs. But he's an amazing cornerback in the NFL. He is a better version of himself this year than he was last year. He just, to this point or to Monday's point, hadn't had the interceptions to show for it. But he's playing at a better level. He has, and I don't like. I don't think we care about the interceptions. They're cool. They're awesome. They're fun, <laughs> and they're valuable. But I mean. He, he didn't have any as of Monday night, but he has two now, two through four games. And that was the thing. We saw the Cowboys defense come away with two turnovers today. And that is something that was was difficult, right? We talked about the turnovers. And Trayvon Diggs is, is a great point in that respect. Through three games last year, the Cowboys defense had generated eight turnovers. This year, prior to today, obviously, they had generated two. And so you're, you're going to regress in turnovers. We talked about that all offseason long, but this defense has found a way. They, they've evolved. They're getting more sacks, getting more pressures. Trayvon's playing better, locking down things, more pass deflections, things that don't show up on the, in the box score. Demarcus Lawrence was a monster today. Demarcus Lawrence all up in Carson Wentz's face, but doesn't have anything that really shines in the box score. So a lot of you know Cowboys fans who don't know how to look beyond that are like, he sucks, whatever, blah, blah. Uh, thank you to Paul again uh, for the Super Chats. His top five, those fourth down stops were perfectly timed defense. I'm not opposed to saying that Trayvon got away with a little bit of a touch, a little bit of a hold on uh, on Terry McLaurin, but that's the game, right? You just kind of play the way that the game is called. Um, so, um, you know, hey, Joseph Palumba says maybe cheesecake should be the weekly thing. Joseph, it is very difficult. <laughs> so I don't want to do this um, all the time, especially if the Cowboys are going to win a lot of games. Um, but anyway, um, great job by the Cowboys. Uh, great job by Trayvon Diggs. Um, let's move on. Actually, I mentioned Demarcus Lawrence didn't show up in the box score, but he is showing up here. He is one of our stock up players. Uh, majestic detail, by the way. Notes: Victory Polo Monday, LOL, go Cowboys. That's right, man. It is like there are people, we like actual real people, who th- who thought and maybe kind of still think um, <laughs> that Demarcus Lawrence was not a great player. There are like there are real people who thought that 
And I find that to be amazing. I find it to be amazing that people couldn't look past the sacks. People couldn't look back, that kind of thing, that low-hanging fruit. And people couldn't see the dominant player that the Cowboys have. And they have so many dominant players along that defensive front. Today was a big Neville Gallimore day, right? We'll get to him. But And you've obviously got Micah Parsons all over the place. But how, how I mean, <laughs> how does anybody disrespect this man? How, how is anybody not satisfied with what DeMarcus Lawrence is bringing to the table for the Dallas Cowboys week in and week out. And on the subject of regression, I do think that it's important to note we spend a lot of time over the offseason saying the Cowboys are going to regress. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers are going to go away, go away, go away, go away. And they did, right? And at least they have through four games uh, compared to last year. That being said, regression happens both positively and negatively, right? The negative side of the coin was they're going to have fewer takeaways in 2022 than they did in 2021. Okay, well, Demarcus Lawrence and Neville Gallimore kind of barely played last year, right? Like they, they played a handful of games between them because of injuries. And so, so far, you know, that, that was something that was going to regress to the positive side of the spectrum, right? Or, or closer to the mean, obviously, right? Is you're going to have more sustained play just in a literal sense that they're going to be there between Demarcus Lawrence and Neville Gallimore. And they have been incredible. I mean, they really have been amazing, Demarcus Lawrence and and Neville Gallimore, who we'll get to in a moment. But seriously, I mean, Demarcus is amazing. Jeff notes that Knighty made several plays down the field. Docs and Seven says D-Law is as steady as they come. I just don't know how how people can be so unappreciative of them. Caleb sa- or him uh, says Lawrence has definitely had one of his better starts to a season this year. He's always been great. But my gosh, it's almost like he took another step forward in play. And think about it. And I don't want to bang on the front the front office because they deserve some credit. And we've talked about that over the course of this last week. The front office was right, or at least stumbled into being right, on a lot of things that is working out or are working out to their benefit. But the front office also let Demarcus Lawrence walk away. Now they did restructure and redo his deal. So credit to ultimately getting it done in the eleventh hour. But the fact, like, think about that. They almost let this man leave the team. And we're seeing how he's playing through four games. He deserves a, a just incredible amount of respect, an incredible amount of credit. He is on fire. Well done, Demarcus Lawrence. All right, let's move on. Next up, if it is an obvious Neville Gallimore. Got, I mean, really kind of had the first. I think Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray just had a pick six, uh, by the way. So uh, way to go, Carolina Panthers. But Neville Gallimore got the party started, had the first kind of splash play uh, for the defense and somebody who, again, was going to return that, that that regression of the mean was going to happen. The Cowboys are kind of sneaky loaded along the interior, right? Neville Gallimore, Osadigizua. Uh, we obviously miss Brent Urban and John Ridgeway. Um, but I mean, you know, Tristan Hill, Tristan Hill had a big stop early in this game. I mean, the, the, like, <laughs> where does Neville Gallimore rank? I mean, if that, that's the question is I, I'm, I'm, I'm cheating, by the way. I'm using some questions to buy myself some time to eat this cheesecake. Where does Neville Gallimore rank for you on the defense? If I asked you to rank all of the players, Quentin Bohana, thank you, Paul, for noting uh, another option the Cowboys have defensively. If I asked you to rank, power rank, the Cowboys defense, and we'll see if there's any news on Quentin Bohana. I see your question, Docs and Seven, obviously, as we're here live. If I asked you to rank the Cowboys defenders from best to worst, where does Neville Gallimore land for you on that list? So go ahead. Your answers, please. This is getting really hard. Um, cheesecake thing. Um, Johnny Boy RN says Neville is evolving. His game is he remains healthy. By the way, an update on the cheesecake. Just so I'll get Johnny Boy's comment off the screen here. This is where we're at. We got a little bit, you know, we're making our way through it. Cheesecake's a messy thing. Um, I mean, you would take Micah and Lawrence and Diggs and Curse and Donovan Wilson now. Um, <laughs> then maybe Dorrance Armstrong some days. Um, th- there's a lot of 
people, right? They're like, and like, there's a lot of you saying, uh, Ron Don says top five. Brian says maybe six to eight. Ryan says nine. Kevin says nine. I don't think any of these are unfair answers, but the fact that nine is a fair answer is not a slight against Neville. It is a testament to the talent, to the deep level of talent that the Cowboys have defensively. That's the thing. This defense is, this is the most fun. We're, through, we're four games in. I'm 32 years old. This is the most fun that I have ever had watching a Dallas Cowboys defense in my life. In my life as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I have never had more fun or more trust. Like, screw fun. I've never had this much trust that the Cowboys defense is going to find a way to make a play. This Cowboys defense is going to find a way to make a stop. Yes, of course, they're going to give up scores. Things are going to happen. They're not obviously going to pitch shutout after shutout after shutout, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to force a lot of punts. <laughs> they're going They're going to come up with some critical stops. They're going to come up with some critical takeaways. They're going to have some sacks. They're going to find ways to cause and wreak havoc, and that is ultimately what you can ask of your defense in a fair and unfair level. Dan Quinn, I don't have Dan Quinn on the stock up. All right, and the reason for that is you can't go further up if you're Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn has been amazing. All right, and I don't want to like rain on our parade. Shout out to Barbara Streisand, but like enjoy it. All right, there's no question that Dan Quinn is going to be somewhere else next year, right? I mean, he's either the Cowboys head coach or he's someone. Dan Quinn is going to be a head coach in 2022. And I know what the response to that is. Well, he needs to be this head coach. Mike McCarthy sucks. Get rid of McCarthy. Leave Dan Quinn. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody touched blah, blah, blah. Nope. He's gonna. He's probably gonna be some. I would say. I. I would personally put the odds like eighty percent. This is my own personal gut instinct, but we'll see. I don't. I don't want to. You know. I don't want to ruin this. The, the good vibe here. Uh, I love this comment from Travis. I'm hoping I pronounced this correctly. Bush says when Anger shanked that punt, which by the way that sucked. But Brian Anger has earned some leeway. When Brian Anger shanked that punt, I knew they'd hold them out of the end zone, even after that penalty. I haven't felt that in a while. That's so true. Like Cooper Rush. Like I know he didn't have the interceptions. He got bailed out by two penalties. But even, you know, the, the brief moment where the interception felt like it was going to stand, I think we all were kind of like, okay, cool. <laughs> Michael will take care of it. DeMarc Tank will take care of it. Neville Gallimore will take care of it. Trayvon Diggs will have a takeaway. Leighton Van Der Esch, I, I had a quietly kind of sneaky good game, not amazing game, but good game. Like the Cowboys have so many people who can find ways to play at a high level. And, and that is a really, really, really fun thing. Uh, Paul, thank you for the super chat, says Parsons, Diggs, D-Law, the next four to ten could be interchanged which is great. The entire defense is playing with an edge. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Robert, thank you for the comment, says 215, the most passing yards we've let up all season. What a bunch of losers letting over 200 yards happen against them. Seriously, I mean, what a, what a just amazing, amazing thing. Now, I, I just I do want to address this. Patrick says, what if he doesn't choose to be talking about Dan Quinn? Sure, it's possible that Dan Quinn wants to be the Cowboys defensive coordinator forever, but I think we all agree in all likelihood that is not going to happen, but it is technically in the realm of possibilities. So that's fair, too. Um, Ross says uh, most depth on the defense since the 90s. The whole depth chart can ball out. Totally agreed. Javier says, saludos, mi amigo. I believe we have been solid, and that's the key for all the rest of the games. The Cooper Rush strategy should stick with Dak. That's the thing. And early in this game, before the CD touchdown in the, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, this was a really, and this has been the case, right? The Cowboys offense has not really shown up, right? Kudos to them. I do not want to take away anything from what Cooper Rush or anybody has done. And Kellen Moore is on the stock up list. We'll get to him in a moment here. But I do not want to take anything away from this. This isn't to, to be a jerk about that, but this is not a good offense, right? This is an offense that is, as it's currently constructed with Cooper Rush at the helm, this is an offense that can survive. This is an offense that can be enough. This is an offense that can sometimes do what it takes to help the great defense that they're playing with win the game. The napkin I'm using is flying all over the place. And, and so that is going to limit them. If you're one of these people 
who believes that Cooper Rush should be the starting quarterback in the NFL, maybe get a cheesecake, right? Like, like figure something out because that's not going to work. That, that's not going to work. And we'll learn that next week against the Rams. This, this, this offense, as it's constructed, cannot work. You need a talented who can push the ball, who can throw downfield, who is elite at everything he does, and that is Dak Prescott. That's not to say that Dak Prescott is elite all the time because nobody is, but you need that guy in there. With Dak Prescott, this Cowboys team blows out the commanders. I mean, it just, it's, it's plain as day. They blow out the Giants. They, they, don't need, you know, they don't need these last-second comeback drives that they needed against the Bengals and needed against the Giants. I mean, this, this simplified offense can work with Dak Prescott. We've been talking about this a million times, but it does not have to be this way where you think that Cooper is better. Colby says Cooper Rush is not better than, that, than Dak. They just don't help Dak be the best he can be. I totally agree with you. I totally agree. I mean, they they just they they asked Dak to be the hero, and you don't have to do that. You know, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Now Ryan says, "Wait a second, Cooper's throwing down the field a lot." I, I look, I'm not disputing that Cooper is throwing the ball down the field. I'm saying push the ball down the field. Cooper cannot wield this offense. That's what I'm talking about. Dak Prescott can wield this offense on his own. Cooper Rush cannot do that. Cooper Rush can steady the ship. He can drive the bus. He can keep you afloat. However you want to put it, whatever cliche, and he deserves all the credit in the world for that. But Dak Prescott would not have had only 12 points on the board, you know, at the like late stages of this game, as was the case with him. So Watsamata, thank you for the super chats has just some love for BTV. Good and constant content. Thank you. Watsamata. Uh, of course, it's always more fun when the Cowboys are closing games. Totally agreed. I mean, look, we, um, we're all in this for fun, right? Like we, we all want to have fun and, and enjoy this. I mean, it's October now. And look, this is the best month of the year. This is the, the best, like most fun time of the year. You get to experience it in fall. And, you know, next weekend, my wife and I are going to go take pumpkin pictures with our son. And it's all more fun when your football team is good, right? And, and I'm a Texas A&M Aggie, so like I don't get to enjoy that. I'm a Manchester United fan, so I don't get to enjoy that. I got my Houston Astros, and so that's looking pretty good. But at the end of the day, it's all about this. It's all about the Cowboys. And that's what was so devastating and disappointing at the end of week one was it felt like this whole season was doomed and the Cowboys, to their credit, have breathed life into it i think we have a bot here by the way in the chat let's let's get this uh user out of here um you know hey sometimes the internet internets but anyway this has just been um a work of art it's been a work of art that the cowboys have pulled off good for them this uh cheesecake starting to fight back a little bit here so let's move on thank you what's for the comment uh next up stock up for me brett maher all right now i got a plate of cheesecake um william says hail state thank you very much uh william but anyways um i got a plate of cheesecake but after i'm done here and this food settles i'm working on some crow all right i got a crow in the crock pot and it's going to be good it's going to be delicious i've said it before but as much as i hated on the brett maher thing i'm going to take every opportunity to eat my l because brett has been amazing. Now, I maintain that the process of how the Cowboys arrived at Brett Maher was fundamentally broken, all right? They wanted Jonathan Garibay to be their kicker. They wanted Lareem Hirulahu to be their kicker after that didn't work out. They did absolutely nothing in the kicking department after Greg Zerline was so poor for them, all right? But they got here, all right? They stumbled into it, but they got here. And Brett Maher, I give more credit to Maher than I do the Cowboys, to be very clear. Maher has been exceptional. He has been incredible. He had the one miss on Monday night. I don't fault him at all for that. All right, it was a rushed sequence, no pun intended, because of the stuff, weird stuff, timeouts, the Giants, blah, blah. I don't give him any fault for that whatsoever. He tried a very long field goal. It didn't work out. The blocked extra point, hey, I mean, not exactly his fault either. Brent Maher mostly has been one of – he. 
Brent Maher is is kicking like one of the best kickers in the NFL right now. Again, the crow's in the crock pot, calling it the uh, the crow pot right now. Brent Maher is playing like one of the best kickers in the NFL. He is the best specialist on this Cowboys roster right now. Now, Kevontae Turpin, we haven't had the moment. I'm sure it's coming. Brian Anger had the bad shank. Brian Anger had that shank today late in the game, which was kind of important. All right, Brent Maher has not had a moment like that. Brian Anger has been worse because he's had one bad moment. Brett Maher has not had any bad moments. So good for him. Good for Brett Maher. Proud of you, dude. I always believed. Stock up Donovan Wilson. Speaking of fighting Texas Aggies, seriously, where, I mean, where was this Donovan Wilson for, <laughs> for three years? I mean, we saw kind of flashes of it. Don't get me wrong. But this Donovan Wilson is one of the best safeties in the NFL. I mean, like, I think we have been so um, obsessed, obviously, with the Dak Prescott injury and how devastating that was and how it was likely going to limit the Cowboys, how difficult things were going to be without him, right? We, we all understand that. But we have not spent really even a fraction of the time talking about J. Ron Curse. He has missed the exact same amount of time that Dak Prescott has so far. And the Cowboys, while they're getting sustained play at the quarterback position to help mitigate for the loss of Dak Prescott, they're getting even better play at, at the safety department. I mean, Israel Mukwamu had a great play in this game. The cow, the, like I talk about things that are so weird. What world are we living in that the Cowboys have safety depth? I mean, what is happening here that this is our football team? If you have watched this team for some time, you know that this is a position that has scarred us. This is a position that has weighed us down. So Donovan Wilson, shout out to you. Johnny Boy RN says we are witnessing Donovan Wilson's coming of age. I guarantee you Stephen Jones has taken one look at Donovan Wilson and seeing a future compensatory pick just like running around wearing number six, but that's a conversation for a day in the future. For now, Donovan Wilson stock up for you, which is amazing because the stock up was already insanely high. So good for you, uh, Donovan Wilson. Next up, we have C.D. Lamb listed here uh, as a second one. We already talked about C.D. Lamb. So I'll let the users say, whoever's with us live, you get to determine our 10th stock up. That was an oversight by me, Kellen Moore. All right, now, there are two sides of this coin. All right, the first half of this game was kind of bad, right? And that's that's the problem, right? Is Kellen, dude, wake up. Come on, Kellen, you know, get you need this rush of energy. I don't know if you guys can tell my voices. I've been speaking faster. The, the sugar from this cheesecake starting to settle in. Kellen Moore, you need to get this infusion of cheesecake sooner, bro. All right, you cannot be going out with this lackadaisical, boring vanilla game plan. Like, that cannot be the way you rock. You cannot depend on the defense to bail you out. Yes, they are likely going to bail you out, but you cannot bank on that. And there's such a conservative nature to how Kellen Moore takes this offense. And it's like something happens to where he's like, you know what, we can throw the ball. Like, we, we might be able to do that. It's okay. We can throw the ball. It's not illegal. Kellen, dude, please be that guy. I will say, after late in the game, first down, backed up near their own end zone. I loved Cowboys went deep. And we saw the PI. We saw the penalty. We saw all of it. Loved it. I love Kellen Moore. That's the Kellen Moore that we're looking for. We're looking for the Kellen. We know he's in there. All right. He, we, like, we're not saying that all of Kellen Moore is bad. Ryan Carlton says Moore was horrible on first down. Starting second and 13 every drive isn't going to cut it. Totally agreed. I mean, you, you cannot do that. Just be great all the time. It's, it's just be great all the time. So Kellen Moore, but he did rebound. That's why we have him here for a stock up. And it's kind of easy to go stock up when your stock's all the way down. So Kellen is still kind of low, uh, if we're being fair. Uh, but an impressive performance for him nonetheless. Um, Paul, remind me here on how the oversight happened. Um, I accidentally copied the wrong name. So Paul gets it first, says, did I miss a Bland stock up? You did not miss it, Paul. I forgot to include Deron Bland. What can we say? You get an interception 
And this goes to the scouting department. All right. Deron Bland, it's been unfortunate that, excuse me, the Kelvin, that Nashawn Wright has been inactive, right? Basically all of this season. That's something that we're very upset about. But the Cowboys discovered Deron Bland. He played well in the preseason. And look at him. Here he is, Deron Bland, people. I mean, Deron Bland's playing like one of the Cowboys' better draft picks so far this year. It's hard to do that with Tyler Smith playing well. Sam Williams has his moments. Jalen Tolbert's unfortunate that he was inactive again. It's only going to be more difficult for him to get on the field once James Washington returns. But Deron Bland, people, with the stock up. Good for you, Deron. Um, get an interception to kind of close the game. I know that there was still game that happened after that, but that was a huge moment that effectively iced the game uh, for the Cowboys. So good for him. Um, all right, we have uh, one more stock up to get to. But before we do, um, actually, you know what? I'm going to put this up here. I'm going to let you react. I still got like four bites of cheesecake. Stock up. Mike McCarthy. All right. Now, as I take this bite and drink this sip of water, because my throat's kind of on fire, I would like to hear your thoughts on Mike McCarthy. Whatever you want to say about Mike McCarthy, positively, negatively, somewhere in between, let's get to your comments on the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, the coach who has led them to a three and one record. Okay. All right. It's really starting to get difficult here. All right. I'm not trying to say I'm a warrior or anything like that. But if you guys want to say it, I'm cool with that. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, people get statues for, for being honest. But anyway, so Daryl says, if things keep going this good, we are going to miss out on Sean Payton. Damn, damn, damn. Um, that's one way to put it. You know, um, a different perspective on this is I am loving the fact that Saquon Barkley is playing so well because I hope the Giants sign him, right? You're, you know, if you're a Giants fan, you're probably like, this is awesome. And then you're like, how can we sign this dude? Like, he's a running back, right? So it's kind of in that in that vein. Paul says, absolutely agree. Team discipline and buying in is on the head coach. I agree with that. Lucky uh, Gardenia's dashboard confessional. Hey, vindicated! Uh, says, I am all in on Coach M. Brian says, it's not the popular opinion, but I like him. Kev uh, DDPP says he's better than Jason Garrett. That's what matters. Um, I think that's very fair. Donnie says McCarthy has his flashes of greatness and not so great moments, but we are winning with a backup quarterback and backup players. Travis says Mike has been great this year. Can't hold previous years against him. That's a great point. Um, Ryan says, let's face it. It's notoriously hard to discern who is actually in the director's chair. Hard to assess how much McCarthy deserves credit. That's a fair point. Uh, Shane says, I like McCarthy teams more than Garrett teams. Mr. Houston says, I really don't know what to think of him. Not trying to be funny either. He's just blah. Johnny Boy says, I have been beating up McCarthy, but I will admit that he is surviving the Jones Circus and still putting his influence on this team. I love that take. Wayne says, Mike McCarthy undecided. Garth says, Mike McCarthy has pulled in the reins on Kellen Moore and not allowing him to run crazy plays. Good for him. Again, well said. Paul says, Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton, Dan Quinn staff. Moore back to the quarterbacks coach. Jones can afford it. And finally, Travis says, I liked how the announcers noticed Mike has gotten the Jones family to quiet down a little. By the way, I know a lot of people are not high on the Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews group. I love them. I They're so talented. I love this broadcast group. It's a shame they're going to break up. Obviously, Tom Brady's the, the number one analyst for Fox in the future. But I love this crew. I love this game. Can't wait to rewatch it um, and just enjoy the broadcast all the more. I think that and I think Watsamata has a point here. He says, sorry, I'm all in for DQ. I do think that um, I thought I had a crumb fly out of my mouth there. Um, sorry, people. It's, it's a gross show. All right? My mouth is full of sugar and cheese. Um, we have to give Mike McCarthy credit. 
I can understand the take or the idea or the opinion. If you believe, I, like Watsamata says, sorry, I'm all in for Dan Quinn. I can understand if you believe, like, you know what? I've seen what I've seen from Mike McCarthy. I'm still, I'm still riding high. I still want Dan Quinn. That's still my number one choice. That's fine. However, you have to give Mike McCarthy enormous credit. He is now eight and seven in games without Dak Prescott. All right. Now, before you get like, well, that's because Dak sucks. Like, that is super impressive. I mean, that is ridiculously impressive. That that's the Cowboys, and I know people like to count Jason Garrett's interim year, but not counting that year from 2011 through 2019 in games that Jason Garrett had to coach without Tony Romo or Dak Prescott. He was one in 13. He won one game without a franchise quarterback under center. And you know, I I just I don't know how this is happening. But Mike Mc, and I'm not saying Mike McCarthy deserves all of the credit, but you have to give him an enormous amount. I mean, we are not used to this. We, we are not used to an adult who can stabilize the franchise, right? An adult, somebody who can rein in the offensive coordinator, as one commenter said, somebody who can stifle and calm the Joneses in their appearances. We talked about it a little while ago, Jerry Jones speaking after um after the game. That, well, I, don't, I don't know when Dak's going to be right. I don't know. That's not Jerry Jones. My, Mike McCarthy has found a way to change this organization. And if he is dismissed at the end of this season, however this season ends, the the one thing I know for certain is he will have left the franchise in a much better place than when he found it. That I know to be true with Mike McCarthy. This is a scrappy team. This and look, there let's be let's be fair here. All right? Let's not just like chug the Kool-Aid. All right? They're beating some teams who are not exactly great. Right now, you know, the last two, at least, between the Giants and the Commanders. But, hey, you can only play who's on your schedule, right? And he's doing it. I mean, he's doing He's finding a way. And whatever silly watermelon smash, monkey butt, whatever stuff it takes, there was a great write-up that Michael Gelkin had in the Dallas Morning News this week. I don't want to mispronounce the um, the, the, the the word, the the sort of philosophy that Mike McCarthy took, but go to Michael Gelkin's Twitter at Gelkin NFL, support, subscribe to the Dallas Morning News, read the article. It was phenomenal. Just kind of the way that Mike McCarthy has approached this year. This has been, we all know, we all follow, you all have the push alerts and everything from everything that happens in the Cowboys. You listen to Blog of the Boys and watch us here, right? We all know how dysfunctional this has been. And I don't just mean the last three weeks. I mean from the moment that they lost to the San Francisco 49ers and Jerry Jones openly dangled Mike McCarthy's job security. The dude has them three and one, three and oh, with a backup quarterback. I mean, we, we sit, we sit here and we put the stat up on the screen a little while ago that Cooper Rush is the first quarterback to get to four and oh, obviously, right? With, you know, in his first four starts as the Cowboys, you know, quarterback. Good for Cooper Rush. But again, that's about a lot of people. And one of those people is Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy has outdueled the opposing coaches in those four straight games with Cooper Rush under center. Watsamata, thank you for the super chat. Says your point is good. I don't hate McCarthy. I just believe Dan Quinn is a ride or die coach. Also, more fun impressors by far. That's the thing. I'm totally fine if you prefer Dan Quinn. But this idea that we've seen, that we've talked about, that we've heard, that we've read, that we've seen forever and ever and ever that Mike McCarthy is 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 not fit. He's not qualified. He's not whatever. That is untrue. That that is so untrue. We the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy to be. A, a Super Bowl winning head coach. And I know people, as, as I say that, by the way, um, the <laughs> Christian Watson scores for the Green Bay Packers. I know people believe and assign the credit for that Super Bowl to Aaron Rodgers or to a billion other things. But Mike McCarthy, through through the chaos that he has had to endure, in the, he, the, he, he hasn't even been here three years, and he's had all sorts of chaotic moments happen to him. He has not blinked. He has stayed calm. 
and he has won games. And that is really, really impressive to me. Paul says just one stock down. Cooper Rush having to be bailed out by cornerback drops and penalties in back-to-back weeks. He's still a solid QB2. We're three and one. It's very well said. And that's why you can't, to Paul's point, get all up and lost on the idea that, you know, McCarthy, or excuse me, that Cooper Rush is amazing. He had two balls that were really interceptable. And one of them, what are you doing throwing off your back foot on third down, Cooper Rush? This is like QB 101. Um, so, you know, just uh, another point. Uh, Josh Jacobs just scored for the Las Vegas Raiders if you have him on your fantasy team. So uh, best of luck to you in that sense. I have TJ Hawkinson, so I am living life large. Um, let's see here. Um, let's let's kind of forecast here a little bit here. Let's get the um, the next few games up on the screen for the Cowboys. So Cowboys games, uh, let's get here. Remaining, I'm doing all sorts of stuff. Cowboys games before the bye. Uh, we have a few at Rams, Eagles, oops, at Eagles, Lions, Bears. So here's how the Cowboys look. I have about two bites left of cheesecake. All right, let's make sure here on what the final scores were. The um, the New York Giants, after losing to the Dallas Cowboys, um, we got our final scores here. Sorry, it's a big, been a busy afternoon. The Giants were able to get to 3-1 and one themselves with a 20-12 to 12 win. Anthony Gonzalez, thank you for the Super Chats, is just locked on. Go Cowboys. Orale. Thank you, Anthony. So Giants are three and one. We'll see, obviously, what happens to the Rams on Monday Night Football. By the way, the Cowboys get an extra day of rest against the Rams. You can't ever overlook that fact. Um, the Eagles are four and zero. The Lions. Uh, this is the game that was finishing as I was getting on here. Um, fell, fell ultimately to the Seahawks. They are now one and three, but they put up forty five points in their loss without the aforementioned Amonra St. Brown or DeAndre Swift. And the Chicago Bears obviously lost to the Giants to fall to um, two and two themselves. So. That being said, the Cowboys are three and one. The question for you as I eat another bite of cheesecake is what is their record at the bye? They're going to have played eight. They've played four games. They have four games left before their bye. What is their record at the bye? They're going to have played eight games. Go for it. You're really thick. It's a really thick cheesecake. Um, the more I look at it, the more I think about it, you know, and we talked about this a week ago. Um, I thought they'd lose. I thought they'd win. Sorry. Today against the commanders. I think they'll lose to the Rams. I think they'll lose to the Rams. And again, we'll see how they play on Monday night. And that's not being negative. We Look, they're not going to win every game, right? We all understand that. They're not going to win every game. So I think they lose to the Rams. And I think they probably lose to the Eagles. I know that's not a popular thing to say, but Look, the Cowboys have won three in a row. Good for them. But their offense is still really flat. And we'll see if that changes when Dak Prescott comes back. But even if they lose, they, they have they have bought so much room for error that even if they lose these next two games, they're okay. Like, there will be no need to panic or freak out. They'll crush the Bears. We all know that. So that gets them to four wins. So it really kind of comes down to the Lions game and, and which Lions team you draw, right? Because the Lions a week ago weren't that impressive. Um, obviously they can score a lot of points. Um, right now I'll lean, like if, if we're picking, you know, I think that's one of those games that kind of comes down to coaching, you know, which coach can kind of coach their way to a victory. I trust Mike McCarthy more than I trust Dan Campbell. So five and three. And if you're five and three at the bye, dude, I mean, (laughs) anything can happen and anything can happen. Now survivor 722 gaming survivor has been great this season, by the way, uh, on my podcast at blogging the boys, we had Dalton Ross from entertainment weekly. Who's a commander's fan. Dalton does a great job recapping survivor. 
Uh, Dalton's pretty sad right now, I imagine, um, as a commander fan. But Survivor 2722 Gaming says five and three all depends on when Dak is back. Would like to see him back for Philly, but not if he's not ready. And every time the Cowboys win a game three weeks in a row, they have bought themselves more room for error with Dak Prescott. That's the important thing. Uh, Salam Khan says six and two split between the Rams and the Eagles. So um, that would be uh, five and three because they're three and one right now. So not six and two. Johnny Boy RN says five and three with Coop. Six and two with a healthy Dak. So I guess for you, it depends on when Dak Prescott ultimately comes back. Um, let's see here. Uh, we have some some mean people here. All right, like if you're mean around here, you get blocked. It's a really simple thing. I would say the most popular answer uh, from a lot of people is probably six and two. Caleb Swanson says five and three at the bye. And we've got a great opportunity for a push for the playoffs, and then just enjoy the ride from there. Just need to see a healthy Dak, and I'm going to get very excited. In fact. I'm going to pull this up uh, or put it on the screen because I do think it's important. We're talking about before the buy here, but after the buy is important as well. So let me get this up on the screen for you. This cheesecake is in my way. Um, the Cowboys schedule after the buy. Goodness gracious, I've lost um, my computers all over the place. Cowboys schedule after the buy because this is important too. We're also we're kind of saying five and three is kind of the consensus. So we've got um, one second here as I get this going. We're almost ready. Um, I've almost eaten a whole cheesecake here, so good for me. All right. The Cowboys are five and three at the bye. This is their schedule after the bye. All right. Who is like what what games on this are oh goodness gracious, I put the wrong thing up on the screen. How could I do this? Um why did there we go? I don't know why it showed properly. Goodness gracious. I'll, let me fix this. I didn't have a comma here. Uh, all right, people. Thank you for, for putting up with me. I've got the sugars running all over my body. This is the Cowboys schedule after the bye. All right. Say they're five and three. What games after the bye are difficult here? And we'll see what the, the Packers look like right now. So over the course of the rest of the day, the fact that, you know, Aaron Rodgers exists is obviously something that you have to take seriously. So the Packers, whatever, but the Cowboys get that game coming off of their bye. That's notable. Um, the Vikings, I'm a believer in, but that offense is not at the level that I thought it would be. Uh, so that's another L for me. Giants on Thanksgiving. Okay. Not a big deal. Colts are frauds. Texans are bad. At the Jaguars, that might be a little bit tough. Philadelphia at home, that's on Christmas Eve. That will be a huge, massive, awesome game. And then at Tennessee, they are really bad. And then at Washington to close it out. I think if there are maybe three games here, I'm, I'm willing to say if I'm leaning conservative, if I'm leaning um, paranoid, there are three games here that terrify me. And, and terrify is an exaggerated word. But the three games that I think are difficult for the Cowboys. The Packers, because they're the Packers. And it's Mike McCarthy's return, all this stuff. So to the Packers, the Jaguars are certainly interesting, and then the Eagles. Maybe you don't think it's the Jaguars. Maybe you think it's the Titans. Maybe Malik Willis is playing for the Titans. Who knows? But there are three games, right? So if they're 5-3 and three and they lose three of them, we're talking about an 11-6 and six team. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, you're definitely a playoff team if you're 11-6. and six. So I think that's notable. I think that's important. And I think that they've gotten some of their more difficult games out of the way. The fact that they are 3-1. and one, the fact that they are 2-0 and within the division is just such an incredible head start for this team. Uh, Joe says, uh, I'm sorry, I um, I lost you. There it is. Joe says, experts were saying our schedule is easy. It's actually a tough schedule when you factor in three Super Bowl teams and the Eagles twice. Um, I do think it's kind of easy. I mean, like, look, from thanks that Giants game that you're looking at on your screen, that's Thanksgiving. From Thanksgiving on, it's pretty cake. Not cheesecake, but it's pretty cake. You got the Giants on Thanksgiving. The Colts and that game, that Colts game is not on a Thursday. So you get a week and a half 
to prep for the Colts. You got the Texans, the Jaguars, and we'll see. I mean, the Jaguars look bad today again, right? Like they're kind of this hot and cold team. You got Philly at home. You got the Tennessee Titans. That game is on a Thursday. So that's the first time ever, by the way, the Cowboys are going to be playing a road Thursday game off like as a short week for them. That's never been the case for them. Their road Thursday games have always followed Thanksgiving. Um, I think we're looking at, at a, I mean, 10 wins feels very safe. 11 feels very doable. 12, if things kind of go your way, it all depends obviously on what the Cowboys do, um, you know, between uh, now and the bye. But it's my last bite of cheesecake. It is um, not been fun. It's It's been pretty terrible. It's been pretty, um, pretty not fun. So here we go. That was awful. I never want to do that again. So, shout out to the Cowboys for making me do that. Johnny Boy RN says, I think if we're three and five and three at the bye, excuse me, then Minnesota, New York, Indy, Houston, Tennessee, and Washington put us at 11 wins. Green Bay, Philly, and Jacksonville could easily be 2 and one which would make us a 13-win team. That's a little too optimistic for my take, or not my taste, uh, which is non-existent anymore after this cheesecake. But we'll see. I mean, the fact that they've gotten here has proven – that anything is possible. Like they have, they have reached a point where they deserve the benefit of the doubt. And they had lost that. They had truly, totally at week one, when, when the dust was settled at at t stadium, following the loss of the Buccaneers, they had absolutely no benefit of the doubt left. They had spent it all over these last three weeks. They've built up that currency. They have built it up. And now it's not fair. It's not, or excuse me, it's not unfair. It's not unrealistic. It's not ridiculous to trust them. They have earned, the right to be trusted in many different ways, in many different facets. So good for them. They proved a lot of us wrong. Very happy for them. Very happy for all the ways that the Cowboys have proved us wrong. Um, Christopher Summers says we left out the Bears. No, the Bears, the Bears is an easy the Bears is the easiest win on the Cowboys schedule, by the way, at this point in time. So um, man, um, those poor Washington commanders traded for Carson Wentz just to lose to the Cowboys. Seriously, what a what a tough scene. Um, so all right. That about does it. I might be due for like a like a, a come down from the sugar high uh, and maybe a nap. Who knows? But now nah, we have a lot of stuff to do. So I um, want to say again that our postgame show is brought to you by our friends at Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. This jerky is accessible for the Dallas Cowboys at the Ford Center training facility. So the Cowboys players literally eat this jerky. I've got some right here. It is delicious. It is nutritious. It is not a lot of calories. A bag is great as a lunchtime snack. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use code BTB20 at checkout. You get 20% off. That's a pretty big deal, pretty big percentage, 20% off through October 16th. Um, there are friends, Righteous Felon. They support the Philadelphia Eagles. So through October 16th, they're still great people. Don't let the Eagles thing throw you off. Um, but you get 20% off. Order whatever you want. My favorite flavor is the uh, Nelson Mandela, but the Ancho Villa is very good as well. Um, other than that, hey. Look at us. Who would have thought? Uh, Paul says to tell OCC he needs to do another troll in the nation. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what OCC gets done. It's a big chore. OCC is one of the forever goats, and so it is difficult to put together a troll in the nation, but uh, we'll see if he manages to do it. So Cowboys are 3-1. and one. Tough. The Jaguars couldn't get it done, but watch out. Watch out for the Cardinals next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. This this I can I cannot tell you how excited I am for the Cowboys Eagles Sunday night football game. Assuming Dak Prescott's playing, obviously that makes it all the more intense, all the more interesting. Um, this is a good football team. I don't know what their ceiling is. I, I I don't know, but they're much better than I thought they were going to be. Probably than you thought they were going to be. Definitely than the way most people thought they were going to be. This team 
was buried. This team was done. This season was over. And the Cowboys said, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. So shout out to them. Shout out to Cooper Rush. Shout out to Mike McCarthy. Shout out to Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. The list truly, truly, truly does go on and on and on and on. So I hope that you have, um, this is the cheesecake talking now. I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, I love this comment from Joseph says Diggs is that man. And I've said the Cowboys have Cowboys have one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. They have one of the best corners in the NFL. They hopefully will have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And right now they have one of the best kickers in the NFL, one of the best safeties in the NFL. They're going to improve at the quarterback position. And yes, I'm going to say it right now. They have one of the best head coaches in the NFL. They have maybe the best defensive mind in the NFL in Dan Quinn. I mean, the arrow is pointing up. Don't be afraid to let yourself believe in our Dallas Cowboys. All right. Whoa, that was a tough cake to put away. My name is RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa, on TikTok at RJ.Ochoa. Um, my DMs are open. If you have any comments, questions, points of uh, criticism, we'd certainly love to hear them. If you want to send me an email, you can. RJ.Ochoa at SBNation.com is how you do that. You can always leave a comment here. We'll get to those as well. Subscribe to the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Blog of the Boys podcast network. But most importantly, have yourself a fantastic day because you deserve it. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you next time.